Well, good on you this morning for being here. We're going to have a great morning together. Who's had a good morning so far? Good, good. Hey, um, I thought we'd start this morning with a bit of a, a guessing game. Can we do that? It's all right to have a game in church. I thought we'd start with guess the photo. So we're going to put a photo on the screen. If we got the photo ready to go. Oh, it's here and it's there. Okay, that's the start of it, believe it or not. Can anyone guess what that is? A blue rectangle. What about that? Got any ideas? What about that? It's a bit of beach. It is too. What's that there? What's on that hand? Oh, there's a ring on that hand. I wonder who that is. More beach? Can you guess before we go to the next one? Can anybody guess? It's Tochinui, someone said it is. You're right, it's Tochinui Beach. Can anyone tell who this is? You can? We'll call it out then. It's not me. I wish it was. Look how skinny that person is. Okay, go to the next photo. Julia and Ben got engaged a few nights ago, which is pretty awesome. Ben took Julia to his favorite spot at Tochanui Beach. Julia is an assistant pastor here on our staff. She's also our campus pastor at our Selwyn campus. So it's pretty special uh, and a real answer to prayer. And how awesome is that? How, how happy do they look? Yeah. Pretty cool, eh? So pretty thrilled. Awesome. I just want to take one moment just to again thank all of those who were involved in our Christmas production last weekend. How amazing was that production? I'm pretty blessed. David Bennett was able to pull together once again an amazing production, but the people in that production, super talented. Our tech people put in hours of work. Our lighting person, James Tull, put in hours and hours of work. Our volunteers, everybody that helped, we just want to honor you and thank you for the huge effort. I know for myself personally, I brought a family member to that and they were touched by that service and we've been praying for that for a very long time. So how cool is that? The message was clear in that production, which was pretty cool. Well, Christmas is only a few days away. Have you caught up on that? I imagine you're in the full swing of food preparation like we are in our house. Hopefully you've bought all your presents already. Anyone not done their shopping yet? Not finished? Whoa. It looks like it might be some younger people in that category. And if you weren't, then I just called you young, so God bless you. <laughs> who likes Christmas cracker jokes? Yeah. Like, who looks forward to those? All right, I've got some friends. I thought I'd give you a few this morning just to get you in the spirit of Christmas. How about this one? How did the ornament get addicted to Christmas? He was hooked on trees his whole life. <laughs> they get worse, I promise. What do you call a kid who doesn't believe in Santa? A rebel without a clause. <laughs> Why did Frosty ask for a divorce? Because his wife was a flake. <laughs> what do you get when you cross a duck with Santa? You must know this one, a Christmas quacker. Okay, one more, is that all right? This is a goodie. <laughs> I'm gonna do it now, you said no. What do you call an elf wearing earmuffs? Anything you like because he can't hear you. You like that? I pray you look forward to your Christmas crackers this year. But this morning, I'm not going to talk to you about Christmas crackers. I want to talk to you for a little while 
about the words of the prophet Isaiah. You'll find the prophetic writings of Isaiah in the Old Testament. The New Testament writers recognized the special importance of Isaiah's writings, quoting him or alluding to him frequently. In fact, Handel, you may know, used much of Isaiah's language in making the musical composition The Messiah. Isaiah, the young man, had a personal encounter with God that changed everything for him. His personal encounter with God commissioned him for divine purpose. Now, when we have encounters with God, guess what? We're also commissioned for divine purpose. In other words, he was set apart for God's purposes as a voice through which God would speak to his people. Do you know that when you've had an encounter with God, when you've received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, when you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, you have been set apart for God's purposes as well. It wasn't only the prophet Isaiah, it's you and I. But his calling was unique to him. He would be called to bring instruction and correction to the people of Israel. Who wanted his job? I bet there actually are some of you out there who would love to bring correction to people's lives and maybe some instruction. But that was what God had called the prophet Isaiah to do, as well as prophesy about the promise of the Savior that would be born, bringing the promises of God to his people. Isaiah had learned of God's holiness, his incomparable majesty and character, Isaiah's distinctive title for God in his writings was the Holy One of Israel, and it's seen 27 times in his writings and is only found one other time in the book of 1 Kings. Isaiah would point people to the promise of the coming king, the Messiah, who would be born to them. He would also bring correction to Israel in an attempt to keep them within the will of God. Now, the nation of Israel had a tendency to return to their own willfulness and way of living. I think we can understand this temptation ourselves. I don't think it's Israel alone who had trouble with staying on track. Is there anybody who could understand what it is to sometimes just get a little off track? Well, Isaiah would come and bring the prophetic word of God to keep Israel within his will. These prophecies were written 700 years before Jesus Christ was born. This morning, I just want to pick up on a few verses of Isaiah's writings. Be well known to you, it's a prophetic revelation, God-given insights found in chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. It says this, For to us a child is born. Do you know it? To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of His government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over His kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Against the dark background, Isaiah is declaring the coming of a Savior. This would be good news to all people. This would be no ordinary child, but this was to be the promised Messiah. In the light of the New Testament, we know that Jesus is the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy right down to the very detail. 
And in this prophecy, Isaiah mentioned four names or titles that this child deliverer would be known by. And I thought it would be a good idea this morning, leading into Christmas, to look at these titles, these names that describe for us the promised Messiah. Then looking at these attributes of Jesus, I pray we would have our hope refueled and our gratitude refreshed for who Jesus is for us all. He wasn't just a Messiah prophesied about 700 years before he was born. We live in the days where we know Jesus fulfilled all that Isaiah was speaking about. The first name that was given is Wonderful Counselor. To get a full picture, I want us to look at it in two parts. Because I think it would be a mistake to look over or underplay the word wonderful. Strictly speaking, the word wonderful means full of wonder. And wonder was the result of Jesus' words and works. People left amazed at his teaching, left in awe of the miracles that Jesus performed. Is there anyone in this room today who lives in the wonder of what Jesus has done for them? Who still today live with the awe of what Christ has done and who Jesus is? His profound, astonishing, Amazing, marvelous, and breathtaking all at once. For those of us who have the revelation of Jesus as our King, who understand the life of Jesus as the gift of heaven that was sent, who gave up his life to redeem us and restore us to right relationship with God, the truth of all of that and so much more leaves us in complete awe. Able to say he is truly wonderful. To not see a Christmas slip by where we don't say how wonderful is our Christ. How wonderful is our Savior Jesus who was born to us. My prayer again this Christmas is that these attributes the prophet Isaiah was declaring some 2,700 years ago do not get lost on us. That again we are in awe of the truth of Christmas. As you get the chance to ponder the miracle of Christmas again This year, I pray you'll be filled with great wonder. I pray it's not just in my head, but it's truly in my heart that it expressed through my life on Christmas morning that I will take the time to again be full of awe and wonder at what Jesus Christ means for me. But he was not wonderful full stop. No, he was wonderful counselor. Interesting word. He is our counselor in the sense that He is the wisdom of God that gives us divine counsel. Following Him, listening to Him, serving Him, centering our lives around Him is the wisest way that one could live, as opposed to centering our lives around ourselves. My way, my choice, my life, my decision. See, for me, this is an unwise way to live our lives, and disastrous in its outcomes in the end. See, Jesus, he guides us into the best path for our lives. He instructs us how to respond to circumstances that you and I face every day. He leads us into what he wants to do through our lives, giving us purpose and direction. He lovingly corrects and confronts us when we wander into our own willfulness much like Isaiah did for Israel. 
He restores us back to himself when we somehow wander astray. Through his word, he dispenses perfect wisdom for those who follow him. He is our counselor, but he is wonderful counselor. I know from personal experience that the life I'm living right now far exceeds what I had ever expected for my own life as anybody else. I relate to David in the word when he says, who am I and who is my family that you should choose me? Is there anybody else that lives in the wonder of the life they're living because of what Jesus has done? I think there should be a room full of us today who are able to say, my life I know is incredible because of who Jesus is. The life I was leading before accepting Christ as my personal savior, where I was leading my way, was heading into great darkness was heading to separation from God. But the life following Jesus and centering my life on Him has given me hope that leaves me completely in awe of who He is. Leaves me in great wonder at what Jesus can do when we allow His influence into every part of our life. And He shall be wonderful counselor. And I'm left in awe even when the correction and redirection comes. Anybody else? because I trust him and I'm thankful for who he is. Wonderful counselor. Here's the second thing that Isaiah listed, mighty God. Jesus would be called mighty God. In other words, Jesus would be known as the God of all power. There is no limit or measure to his power. Nothing would be impossible for him or too hard for him to accomplish. Listen again to the words of Jesus in Matthew in just a moment. In this passage, to give you context, Jesus is addressing the difficulty the rich will have to enter the kingdom of heaven. And I want to give us some context for us today. It's like Jesus saying it's hard for anyone who has something so important, they wouldn't be able to give it up to follow him. That the, this possession or lifestyle or other love is deeply held onto and it seems impossible for someone to change or give it away. It can seem impossible to give something like that away that we see important and valuable. And Jesus says these words. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all yeah. things yeah. are possible. Right. Notice the words, Jesus looked at them. Often see, we see written, Jesus replied, or Jesus said, but here we see Jesus looked at them and said. Now I read this as Jesus eyeballed them. Like I'm looking to make sure you really get me on what I'm saying. Like you really understand what I'm saying to you. There will be stumbling blocks in life that seem impossible for us. But with God, as he looks them in the eyes, all things are possible. I love that promise. Nothing is too hard. He is mighty God. No lifestyle, no choice made, no misplaced love, no level of wealth or privilege, status or other God is too big for our God to still reach us. In one's own strength, perhaps it's impossible to let go of what's not eternal, but with God, all things are possible. Through Jesus and according to the book, in the Bible, Ephesians 3.20, the Lord is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that is at work within us. 
Jesus healed the sick. Jesus raised the dead. Jesus stilled the storms. He cast out demons and he conquered the grave. We can say confidently, Jesus is mighty God. Jesus is full of power. Nothing is too hard or too difficult for him. The third title Isaiah gives about the child that was to be born to us is everlasting father. Now this for me is one of the most intriguing ways for the prophet to name Jesus. He shall be called everlasting father. But when we call Jesus everlasting father, it is so much more than a title. It emphasizes and encompasses all that the father implies in the New Testament. That he, and we've sung about it this morning, adopted us into his family through the new birth. Jesus brings us into his family. The Bible talks about how the old life, previous life, life without Jesus is gone and the new life has come. Life with Jesus, a life with a secure eternity, a life full of hope. This everlasting Father also shows that he provides for us, protects us, guides and nurtures us as we do our own children. He is faithful. He loves us unconditionally, lovingly disciplines us, never leaves us, nor does he forsake us, meets our needs, welcomes us home when we stray from his will, and answers the prayers prayed in faith. Jesus is the exact representation of the Father, and that is why we see the prophet Isaiah refer to him as everlasting Father. Hebrews 1 Three, the first part of that. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Jesus is everlasting Father. And the fourth name that Isaiah gives prophetically relating to this child that would be born to us is so significant for the, and vital for every follower of Jesus. He shall be called. Prince of Peace. The greatest peacemaker in the earth is not a politician or a well-meaning person or a celebrity with a passion for a cause. It is Jesus himself. The first and greatest need of peace is not external. It's not happening somewhere in the world, but actually happening in the heart of every person. When we choose to give our lives over to Jesus... When we turn over control to him, the turmoil around us does not necessarily stop, but our view of it changes because we have peace in our hearts. We finally know the reason for our life. We have secured ourselves to Jesus and received the promise of eternity spent with God in heaven. Our perspective changes and we receive the truth that this life is only temporary and heaven awaits. And in heaven, the promise is that all pain, all suffering, all sickness shall cease. All pain, gone in eternity. And it was God who first made peace with us through Jesus. God's great work of true peace was accomplished at great personal cost to him. He sent his son, Jesus, who would die on a cross in our place so we could know forgiveness for the wrongs in our life. When we've got that revelation, 
in our heart, that brings us great peace. John 3.16, you might know it well. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God the Father sent the Son for you and I to pay the price on the cross that we would never be able to pay for ourselves, securing for us our eternity in heaven with him. That brings peace into our lives. In Romans 5 verse 1, found in the New Testament, through Jesus' death on the cross, Paul the apostle writes, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Through Jesus, we now have peace with God. And through his presence in our lives, we now have the peace of God. No matter what we've done, or will do, or will go through in our lives, we can be assured of peace from God. John 14, 27. This is Jesus speaking. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. The peace Jesus is speaking of here was a peace he himself understood. Jesus was troubled by his impending crucifixion. The peace he speaks of is a calmness of confidence in God. The Father is with me. Jesus had this peace because he was absolutely sure of the Father's love and the Father's approval. That same love and approval we each have received thanks to Jesus, and that gives us peace. We didn't just sing a song about it because it sounds good. We sung a song about being a child of God, and in my Father's house there's a place for me because it's the revelation, and it's true that we are children of God thanks to Jesus. We have the love and the approval of the Father. The world can only give false peace which ultimately comes down to self-reliance. But Jesus was able to receive his death on the cross without fear, and his peace would give the disciples courage. The peace he left his disciples with is also the same peace that we carry in our lives regardless of what we face. Because for us as followers of Jesus, we know him as our prince of peace. John 16, 33. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus has conquered the grave. He has overcome sin and death that we might have the peace of God and peace with God. So this Christmas... We let the words of the prophet Isaiah remind us all of what it is that we have received in Christ. For those who are able this morning, would you please stand with me? Because I'd like us to read Isaiah 9 all together in unity. To read it with fresh gratitude in our hearts, what we've received through the coming of our Savior. That as we read this passage of Scripture, I pray it comes alive to us again. That we're reminded, wonderful Counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let's read it together. Can we have that on the screens? 
For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Awesome. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we are so incredibly grateful for Jesus. Thank you for the incredible gift of your son, who you sent at great personal cost. You did that because of your deep love for us. Help us this Christmas to remember what this season is truly all about. Inspire us, Holy Spirit, to share with others the hope we have in Jesus as we continue to turn our hearts toward you and to again remember what you have done for each of us. Fill us again. Refresh in us the great hope that we each have in Jesus Christ. We pray these things according to that wonderful, mighty, incredible name of Jesus. Amen.